For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Mark McGarvey entitled, Wonderful Counselor. Mr. McGarvey. Good afternoon, everyone. Is that on, Rick? Good? Yeah, it always amazes me how many, how many people in the room leave when the kids go. Uh, it's like a third, maybe even half sometimes. But that, that's a good thing. That's, that's awesome. We have that many kids. So, Well, sure did get warmed up playing with the band this, uh, this afternoon. It's warm outside too, isn't it? Whew. A, la- a last uh, br- uh, blast of uh, summer before the fall gets here. So, Jesus Christ is known by many names. The great I am, Lord, Almighty, Eternal, Master. But there is another name he is known by and given in Scripture that at this time of year has great significance. With the Feast of Trumpets in a few days, Day of Atonement coming up next, and then the Feast of Tabernacles in three weeks, we read these uh, few verses in the book of Isaiah often this time of year. So, that said, let's turn to the uh, book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want to concentrate on this one in particular, Wonderful Counselor. What does it really mean? Is there a deeper definition behind it? Well, as always with the Bible, there is. Although there is a comma between the two, um, the two names are often tied together to give one title. Now, for those of you who use Strong's Concordance for these words, uh, the two words here in Strong's Concordance are wonderful 06382, and it says, for wonderful, wonder, marvel, Extraordinary, a hard-to-understand thing, wonder of God's acts of judgment and redemption. Counselor in the Strong's Concordance is 03289, and it says, to advise, counsel, purpose, devise, plan. On the website uh, gotquestions.org, which is a uh, small website where several writers collaborate uh, for these short pieces, um, usually on a, on a Christian subject, they had a uh, piece uh, talking about this this one verse, a wonderful counselor. And I'm going to read this, uh, what they say about it here. Quote, that Isaiah calls the Messiah the wonderful counselor indicates the kind of character this coming king has. The word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible. The Messiah will, co- will cause us to be full of wonder. The word is much weightier than the way it's used in normal conversation today. 
We say things are wonderful if they are pleasant, lovely, or the least bit likable. Jesus is wonderful in the way that is boggling to the mind. The same word for wonderful is used in Judges 13, 18. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but I'm just giving that scripture out to you. When Manoah, Samson's father, asked the Lord in a theophany, which is a visible manifestation of a deity, a theophany, what his name was. The angel of the Lord responded, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? In other words, why do you ask my name, since it is beyond your understanding? End quote. This explains the meaning of the word perfectly. Jesus' wonder is beyond our understanding. <clears throat> of course, as mere humans, we cannot fathom the mind of God. The Holy Spirit gives us a little bit of an insight, but not really, not, not, not totally. And when Jesus was here on earth, he sure did exhibit these definitions, those definitions of Isaiah's prophecy 800 years before. So how many times in the Gospels does Jesus confound his audience, you know, or his disciples? <clears throat> many times they do not understand what he said at the time, only after review or many years later would they comprehend what he had said. And the same for anybody who was around there. The Romans, of course, didn't know what he was saying at all, period. He was always, he would, you know, he was always ready with an, an answer to his critics, the scribes and the Pharisees. He would respond with love to a hateful accusation. He would prophesy of things to come. He was always one or two steps ahead of the authorities when they would try and corner him with a loaded question. Always ahead. Always on his game for that. Always ready, because he knew that was coming. Now, on this one particular incident I'm going to you know, look at here, where they tried to entrap Jesus is the story found in John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. Let's go there. John chapter 8, <coughs> verses 2 through 11. John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. We know this story well, one of the more famous ones in the Bible. John 8 and verse 2. Now, early in the morning... He came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery, in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw stone at her first. Let him cast a first stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, 
he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go, sin no more. So, in the New King James Study Bible, um, it has an interesting couple of pieces about this entire dialogue between Jesus and the woman and the situation. Now, you notice in verse 2, early in the morning, um, the Feast of Tabernacles had concluded the day before. Uh, many visitors were still in Jerusalem, attracted by the appearance of a noted rabbi, a crowd rapidly gathered. And he sat, teachers in ancient Israel sat when they taught. Jesus assumed the position of an authoritative teacher and abruptly bringing the adulterous woman into the midst, as it says, of the proceedings was a rude disruption. But the Pharisees were bent on confounding Jesus. And, um, as it says here, they wanted to stone, stone her. Well, the problem with that was, um, if Jesus had said not to stone her, he would have contradicted the Jewish law. Um, on the other hand, if he had said to stone her, he would have run counter to Roman law, which did not permit Jews to carry out their own executions. So, by saying, go, sin no more, he was forgiving her, you see. He didn't condemn her, but neither did he condone her sin. I like to think that this was a major turning point in that woman's life. Um, after this encounter with Jesus, and you know, I like to think that she had a good life after that and didn't do this again. Again, you know, Jesus outwits those who are out to entrap him. He uses his excellent wisdom and applies wise counsel. That same website I uh, mentioned earlier, in the same article states, quote, He is able to advise his people thoroughly because he is qualified in ways no human is, no human counselor is. In Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, including the knowledge of all human nature. Jesus always knows what we are going through, and he always knows the right course of action. End quote. God is perfect. Jesus Christ, while he lived on earth, was perfect and led a sinless life. He was and is the only one for whom the title Wonderful Counselor apply. And one thing, back in Isaiah, that scripture, Isaiah 9 verse 6, um, and I'm going to read again, I've got a little uh, deal here from my uh, New King James Study Bible on that verse, um, and how it ties the names of Jesus together here. Quote, Wonderful Counselor is one name, meaning Wonderful Divine Counselor. Now, Mighty God indicates that the Lord is a powerful warrior. Uh, Everlasting Father describes a king and father who provides for and protects his people forever. Thus, the word Father is used here of the Savior's role as an ideal king. Prince of Peace is the climactic title. 
The child is the true prince, the one who has the right to reign and who will usher in peace. So the four double names uh, combined, um, the four double names combine aspects of Jesus' deity and his humanity. Together, these four double names assert the dual nature of the Savior. He is God become man. See how all four tie together. So we can gather from interpretation and study that the wonderful part of the passage implies that Jesus Christ's nature is beyond our comprehension. He is indeed an awe-inspiring man. What of the second part? Counselor. Over in Isaiah 28, 29, just a few pages down the road, Isaiah 28, 29, it's mentioned again in a similar tone. One verse, Isaiah 28, verse 29. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Um, this example is used... Um, is used in the showing that a, uh, the wisdom that a farmer has to tend his crops. That wisdom comes from God, the source of all good counsel. Um, in ancient Israel, a counselor was portrayed as a, a wise king, such as Solomon, giving guidance to his people. So, like a lot of good, qualified jobs, there are three points to being a good counselor. Three points. I did some research on this and many counselors in the field came up with these three. Empathy, flexibility, advocacy. Empathy, flexibility, advocacy. When I saw this, you just know Jesus had these three down. Good. Empathy. The action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to the thoughts and feelings of another. Flexibility, a ready capability to adapt to new, different, or changing requirements. And advocacy, the act or process of advocating or supporting a cause or proposal. While Jesus and his disciples walked the dusty roads of Galilee and Jerusalem, he had to be flexible in his day-to-day -day routine as well as his way of communicating with people. It was new. His way of teaching and talking was new different to those who come before, revolutionary, as some, some have mentioned. The way he could talk with people one-on-one, -on -one, he wouldn't have held himself up as higher than anyone, as we know. He was on their level, and he would have listened and had empathy for all he spoke to. He was living among them as a human being, experiencing what they were experiencing, although he had a greater he was living the life of an ordinary first century person in Israel or Judah. Jesus' biggest proposal was the kingdom of God. He was the greatest advocate of it because he was going to establish it at his second coming and in his infinite wisdom he explained to all of those who were downtrodden at the time, repent and believe in me and you will see the kingdom of God. Jump back to the New Testament, the next scripture here. John chapter 2 and verses 23 
through 25. John chapter 2, verses 23 and 25, at the end of this particular chapter here. Verse 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them, because he knew all men, and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Jesus knew his followers, his disciples, but he also understood people. He had wisdom given to him by the Father. He could discern the heart of any man or woman just by sitting down and talking with them. He understood people for as the great I am, he had created man in his image. And he understood the thoughts and desires of everyone. His counsel would indeed be wonderful because it is complete and divine and full of wisdom. We will need the aspects or attributes of being a good counselor in the millennium. As transformed spirit beings, we will be teaching those who never knew God or Jesus Christ. There are many millions of those. So much of what we learn now in this time will be applied in the kingdom of God. Christ led by example. We have to exercise wisdom in our counsel now. In the kingdom, it will be counsel derived from God's supreme intelligence that he imparts to us through the Holy Spirit as his high priests, kings, and leaders in the form of spirit beings. We can then counsel others in a Christ-like fashion. With what we have in the Bible, we have a glimpse into just a tidbit, just a tidbit of what situations Jesus was involved in. Now, I never really did consider this until I looked at this, and I, I was reading it somewhere this week. There must have been hundreds, thousands of stories that never made it into the Gospels. As John said in John 21, 25, the world itself could not contain the books that would be written of Jesus' life. You know, and so all we have, really, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is just a few hours, a few days, in the life of Christ Jesus. Many, many more situations, many more stories. Sometimes I wish they had been included too, but there's just not enough room. So we just have a real short, small glimpse into his life. And it would have been so awesome just to know what other situations happen. So. Being a wonderful counselor for us is merely one part of attaining the character of Christ. We already, ooh, hello, hold on a minute. I'll get it. Don't think it's cracked, I think you're, leave it down. Put it right here. That was a rude interruption, wasn't it? Wake up, son, wake up. <laughs> okay, there you go, boom, boom. Where's Ron? Um. We already have, we already counsel each other as it is. We advise each other on, the, on this and that, help each other with financial issues, health issues, um, moving house, 
If all these things are done with the Spirit of Christ in us, if we are led by the Holy Spirit to do good, then our reward in the kingdom will be, will be great. You know, I feel blessed that my family and I are in this church. You know, amen. You know? Um, a good church with good people. You know? You know, and I'm not saying we're perfect. We try, and no, no church is perfect, unfortunately, in this time, in the world now. But I see the fruits and the works and the future of this church and organization is bright. I mean, look at the kids that just left the room. I mean, 30 or 40-odd kids. That's, that's awesome. I like that. You know? And unfortunately, a lot of churches around the area um, don't have that many kids, and the future doesn't look as bright, unfortunately. <clears throat> So let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 6, and we'll read 7 this time also. Isaiah 9 and verses 6 and then 7 also. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And again, this is, these are scriptures we'll read in the coming holy days and the feast. Isaiah 9, and we'll, we'll read verse 6 again. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. There will be no end to the reign of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. It will last forever. We believe in Jesus' sacrifice. He died for us. <clears throat> He loves and cares for each one of us. He knows what we can do for him. Although he is the wonderful counselor spoken of by Isaiah the prophet, and his power, might, his wonder is beyond our understanding, he still wants a relationship with us. He still wants that. He is the perfect counselor with which to go to in prayer. We can tell him our problems ask for help, see us through each and every day. Because God the Father and Jesus Christ, His Son, want us to be a part of their kingdom. We have to do our part. We've got to put on the mind of Christ and follow His example, His perfect example. So one day, all the world, all the world, will know Jesus Christ is the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, and wonderful counselor. <clears throat>